Welcome to the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lily and Magnolia Travel Production. I'm your host, Dina Farmer. I'm a mom of two wonderful little boys, one of which is on the autism spectrum. I'm a travel advisor, an IBCCS certified autism travel professional, and an accessible travel advocate. I believe travel is for everyone, and that's why on this podcast, we address ways to make travel accessible and successful for everyone. For more information about what I do and who I serve, head on over to www.lilyandmagnoliatravel.com. What has been your favorite state to visit so far? Hawaii! Why do you like Hawaii so much? Because you always got to take off your shoes. (laughs) That's true. You did get to run around without your shoes on very, very often, didn't you? Is there anything else that you like about Hawaii? The beach. Oh, which beach is your favorite? The dog beach. Ah, yes. Fort Kamehameha Beach on Hickam Air Force Base. That is a really great beach. Yeah. Do you remember one thing that we saw when we were there? I don't know. Remember one time we were there, we saw a baby shark? Yeah. You don't remember? I remember because it was really small and I think they were trying to help it go back out to the ocean. Really? Really? I remember. But you were so little. You had to have been like four years old. So maybe that was a really long time ago for you, huh? Yeah. Good morning and welcome to episode four of the Special Needs Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dina Farmer, and I'm a part of Trav Market Media Network. We are a network of travel podcasters talking about, you guessed it, travel. The best thing about this network is that we share travel topics to inform other travel agents about special needs. Well, in my case, special needs, but the other travel podcasters talk about other travel topics um, and considerations when planning itineraries and unforgettable destinations that will have your clients ready to pack their bags. So take a few moments to listen to the travel podcast in the Trav Market Media. Have you ever been in Pinterest and you start pinning a lot of things, but someone's content keeps finding its way into your feed? Well, first it was just one or two pens, and then it was like seven or ten of their pens. Well, this is what happened when I approached Laura Sandora. But I don't talk about meeting her, but we do talk about her amazing vacation rental home on the big island of Hawaii and why it has many reasons that you may want to work with me or another travel agent or you as a travel agent may want to consider recommending that your clients visit this amazing retreat again on the big island of Hawaii. The Peace of Mind Retreat is a place that I definitely want to take my boys I have a guest that is from the Peace of Mind Retreat. Um, I stumbled across her actually on Pinterest when I was looking um, for some inspiration on places to go in the world that I could help my clients, uh, especially those on the autism spectrum, you know, (laughs) find autism friendly places. So I stumbled across her Pinterest board and she had a wealth of information. So I decided to reach out to her. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce her and then we'll dive right into the interview. Lara Sandor is the owner and founder of the Peace of Mind Retreat, creating special vacations for special families. The Peace of Mind Retreat is the first ever autism certified vacation home located in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii. 
because you know Hawaii is one of my top destinations to send family is if you ever have any questions and especially if you want to visit the big island let me know because I would love to help you plan a vacation for your family even if they don't have autism uh, to Hawaii so she and her husband are both career public school educators who live in the San Francisco Bay Area together they're raising two boys the younger of whom is a nonverbal autistic the Peace of Mind Retreat is a place that creates special vacations for special families. And our family of four has been working through the puzzle of autism for almost 10 years. They wanted to create a place to celebrate their successes, enjoy family time, and create memories, which that's the whole point of traveling, isn't it? Travel is always challenging, and I know firsthand, especially as a mother of a child with autism, and as a travel agent by helping families with special needs travel the world. That is a big hurdle to get over sometimes. But she, Lara wants you to know that it is manageable when you have the suitable place to vacation, and she couldn't be uh, more right. <laughs> You can follow Laura on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, and I will have all those links in the show note. Let's take a few moments to listen to a couple of things from my sponsors. So without further ado, let me introduce Laura Sandora. I wanted to give you a few minutes to go ahead and introduce yourself. And sorry, just to uh, let you know, you might hear some little noises from my three-year-old. He decided to join us today for this recording. <laughs> no problem. I definitely get that. Um, my, my little people are not so little anymore. Um, my, my younger son is autistic and he is 11. Okay. My older son is 14 and neurotypical. So, um, but three does not seem like it was, three sort of seems like it was yesterday. It's been, it's been a, a whirlwind. So, um, so yes, my, my husband and I are both career educators. And so we thought when we had kids and when we got an autism diagnosis that, um, we sort of had everything under control. Um, what we learned is that no amount of helping other people with their kids um, makes you ready to uh, to handle everything in your house in exactly. So um, uh, the autism diagnosis came came pretty early. Um, he lost. He was typically developing until about eighteen months, and then lost all of his language by the age of two. So um, what we found in um, in this journey of now, you know, we're, we're getting, getting very close to, to 10 years of, of living in this world is that there's a lot of information and a lot of that information can be very, very overwhelming. Um, and so one of the things that I think a lot of families with new diagnoses do is they dive in and just drown in the information. And then by the time you come up for air, it's like, what's going on? Um, so when we came up for air, it was to realize that this is not that living in that sort of whirlwind of, of information, a lot of it confusing and complicated and negative. Um, we needed to sort of refocus on quality of life. And for us, quality of life, means travel. So we are big travelers, pre-kids. We are the kind of people that drove to Alaska from California 
I, I drove across the country and back for fun. Um, so we're big travelers. That sounds that, especially yeah. like in this COVID stuff right now, like that, that road trip across the country sounds like a, re- a really good idea in general, you know? Yes. Yes. I think, I think that that definitely, um, a lot of the, I've been offering a lot of those tips to people now because they're like, oh yeah, I think that we're in a road trip. I'm like, well, let, I, I've been, I've been a lot of places in a car. So right. yes. Yes. So we decided that, that really for us that we wanted to really focus on, on quality of life. And, and that became a way for us to regain ourselves and our lives and also to, to help provide a way forward for others. And so a lot of what we've done is, you know, I run a, I run a parent group for, for parents of kids on the spectrum. Uh, I, I just do lots of, lots of things to support the, the autism family community and that, and those are all focused on quality of life. So so any opportunity I have to do that, that's what I, that's what I look for. And I feel like, like you were saying, Laura, that, um, especially when you get that diagnosis, because we're freshly diagnosed, um, you know, my son got diagnosed with autism last August. Um, so he's eight. So, and I knew that there was something going on, but I, you know, of course I, I wasn't like a hundred percent sure what was going on. Um, but I feel like when you have that support system, that's the most important thing beyond all the therapies and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah having somebody in your back corner, I know, is is highly important. Yes, yes. And I think in the end, it's, there's, there's, as I'm sure with a somewhat later diagnosis, you've probably got caught in the vortex of everything happens, has to happen early or it's too late. And and that, that I think is especially panicky. I help a lot of families with new diagnoses in my parent group um, at all different ages. Um, and I think there's so much of, oh my gosh, if I didn't catch it that early, um, you know, it, all is lost, um, but all is not lost. And there's so many things that evolve and change during the course of, of the diagnosis and the treatment. Um, but again, that that's why we just sort of had to refocus and our anchor has become, how do we maintain quality of life, um, you know, for for us as a family, for my neurotypical son, for our extended family, how do we how do we hang on to that? And so that's really uh, our, our driving our driving force because the therapies will change, the therapists will change, and um, and what's right for your kid at a different at a given time will change. Right, that's so true. Especially we're learning that for sure in the short time that we've been doing this. So. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's, it's so true. Um, so thank you for introducing yourself, but let's go ahead and dive into my questions. Um, I, I know personally that I, I flown with my oldest son before, well, like right after he got diagnosed, um, we were just kind of like, all right, well, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I've been finding as a travel agent that there's not a lot of airlines that seem to be super, um, autism friendly. And I was wondering, um, if, since you were talking about your, your, the peace of mind retreat, um, on this episode, what airline do you find that flies to Hawaii that seems to be the most autism friendly? 
So that's an interesting question. We've flown several, um, and we're actually about to fly a couple of other ones uh, in the in the coming months. So I will that that answer will evolve. I think. Um, I actually am not going to recommend an airline. Rather, I'm going to say two things about the airline travel. One, first and foremost, and I've heard you mention it before, is to contact TSA Cares before you travel. Uh, Because so much of what TSA Cares can do is take away all of the layers building up to the flight. One of the things that we've worked with our occupational therapist on over the years is the idea of a sensory bank. So that your kids sort of, if all you're doing when you walk in an airport is, is taking, taking, you know, withdrawals out of the sensory bank, and this is hard, and this is hard, and this takes longer, then by the time you get on the plane, it doesn't matter, you, you're, you're down at zero in the bank. And so what TSA Cares can help you do is not deplete the bank account before you get on the plane. And what it does is it just speeds through so many of the challenges um, that it, it, it makes all of the pre-plane time more manageable. Right. In turn, that makes the flight, no matter what airline, more manageable. <laughs> At least that's what we've found. That's, I would totally agree with that. Cause it, it, um, I mean, I can only speak on the, the one that I flew right after my son was diagnosed. And, um, I feel like, gosh, everything that TSA did for us was just, <laughs> oh my gosh. TSA agent was really awesome and was able to help me and my my two boys while I'm pushing a stroller by myself. Oh my god! Yes, yes. It, the, I think the TSA Cares program, depending on which airport you are flying in and out of, um, it makes a huge difference in terms of just all of the things where you don't have enough, you don't seem to have enough hands to handle yeah. the, 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 the individual with autism and all the stuff that goes with that. I actually have a blog article about some of the things that we pack to take on a plane. And when I explain this to some of my friends who don't have autistic children, they're just like, you take all of that. And I'm like, yeah, that's just, that's just the bare, bare bones. And so you, you do run out of hands at the airport pretty quickly. 100%. So, uh, yeah, the other thing I was going to say, though, about airplane travel, again, not to recommend a specific airline, um, but just the communication piece. So whatever airline you do fly to communicate with the airline as well. So when you book a flight, there should be an option to say that an individual has an intellectual or uh, cognitive or developmental disability as you book the flight be sure to check that box right. because then that means that your group is flagged as needing that assistance. And um, depending on the airline, I just had one of the airlines that we've booked coming up call us and com- immediately, basically, within 30 minutes of booking the flight, they called me and said, what are you going to need? What does that look like? Wow, that. That is really amazing because I, I, you know, I haven't, I haven't really flown much since uh, that last trip, but that, that is really awesome to know because I, <laughs> I, you know, like as a parent of a child with autism, it feels like so overwhelming being, uh, not knowing what kind of services are out there available to us, especially, um, wanting to continue to stay on the road, you know? Yes. 
Yes. Um, so my next question for you was going to be, so what about Hawaii makes it a great place for families with autism to travel to? This is a great question because we have, as I mentioned, as a family, we're travelers. And though I haven't taken my autistic son all over the places I've been, I have such wide exposure in both in the U.S. and, and outside the U.S. that it's really made me think quite a bit about why Hawaii is such a good fit for us. A lot of it has to do with the sensory needs of individuals with autism. So for, for us, water is a huge factor. Access to water that is swimmable year round is probably the number one feature why Hawaii is a, a good fit for us. You add in sand, rocks, outdoor space to run around and it really is a, a really good fit for us. And I, I mean, I, I don't know about you personally, but I know I found like in my circle of friends with yeah. <laughs> kids with autism, it seems to be like water is the number one thing <laughs> that they like. Cause my oldest son is that way too. He, he's always, he's, he's high functioning. So he, yeah. you know, he's verbal. Um, and he's always talking about the water and our time that we lived on the island of Oahu. And he's just like, I just want to go to the beach and swim and do nothing else. And I'm like, that's, that's the perfect vacation. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. And, and it's interesting. We didn't mention the fact that my son is nonverbal. He uses an iPad for communication. And so the, a lot of what we do is read his face and read his body language and read his, his sort of reactions to situations and the sort of calm and, and sense of, a piece that we see in him when he's in Hawaii is, is just, it, it just changes the entire family dynamic. Yes. And it makes the vacation that much easier. Quotation. Well, yeah. And one of the things that I, that, that I say to people is it makes it a vacation and not just travel. Right. Because I think when you, you can pack up and move your kid with autism almost anywhere, mm -hmm. but if you're constantly on edge about, you know, don't hit that, don't touch that, don't break that, don't, don't get into that, right. then I think it becomes much more stressful. Mm -hmm. um, and we have traveled a lot to beach communities because we live in California, up and down the coast. Uh, one of our utter nightmares was walking in to a, a vacation home that had a shell collection. Um, so we walked in and it like, he was probably five at the time. And at, right at kid height was this shelf with like maybe a thousand shells on it, all arranged. And I was, I just panicked. So that, that is, that is such a huge part of why we wanted to create the peace of mind retreat is experiences like that of how can you possibly relax if you are babysitting a thousand shells for the week? I feel like that's the, I totally agree with you that that aspect of being able to go on vacation as opposed to traveling makes it that much more enticing to go to Hawaii. Um, so what hotels, if any, or vacation properties are, have you found are the most autism friendly in Hawaii? And of course, I would love for you to talk about the peace of mind <laughs> retreat. 
Absolutely. So we have stayed in a variety of places over the years uh, on all four major islands. Right. So we have, again, a, a pretty good breadth of experience, not all of them with my son, mind you, but we do, we have stayed in, in, in quite a, a few different types of locations across all four major islands. In the end, not just in Hawaii, but anywhere, we tend to focus on vacation rental properties because we feel like we have more control. We can control you know, how much space we have around the property. We can control being outside, um, maybe at some off hours. And um, ideally we have access to some water that we can control, access to that. So really, that's those are all those are all factors that make vacation rental properties really the only type of accommodation that we choose to stay at with my right. son whenever possible. I and I I don't I don't know if you feel the same, but for me personally as well, um, it just feels like your home when you go to a vacation uh, property instead of a hotel. And although my son really loves the, the soap that you can get at hotels, um, I just feel like it's, it's just more manageable being in a vacation property where it, like I said, it feels like home rather than a, a hotel room. Yes. Yes. So that's been a big factor. And with the peace of mind retreat in particular, we had, um, our realtor is an absolute saint, uh, because she, looked at this list of requirements that we had when we were looking for it. And she was like, okay, let's dig in and find this. And um, we, we really wanted a place to where basically an autistic individual could stay put much or all of the week or so. And whoever was with that person would feel like they were on vacation without even leaving. So that is that is the sort of key for us to the peace of mind retreat that it it just being there is the vacation and anything else that you add on to it is just bonus. So it is it's a very um it's a very calm peaceful home and it's you know air conditioned full kitchen all of that for the indoor space the outdoor space it was essential for us to have a place that's ocean view. So it's ocean view with full sunset. It's got a fire pit that is safe and protected. It has got a full pool that has fountains, as we were talking about. Again, the water feature being like a huge factor. It even has lights so you can swim at night. And it's got a full uh, sand volleyball court, wow. which my 11-year-old is not so into volleyball. Right. Um, although we are hopeful that we're going to get him to use like a kind of a large like beach ball kind of thing and at least get some get some sensory practice, <laughs> right. uh, you know, as, as we as we progress. But um, the sand itself, it's, it's almost a little bit like having the beach right there because you right. get all of the sand um, and just to lay in it and, and, you know, run your fingers through it is just a really huge sensory experience. Wow. So again, that just goes back to the sensory piece. So, so important, especially while you're traveling to still kind of meet those sensory sensory needs you know exactly exactly and we've also put in the home several sort of um 
well, it's important to say, I think very uh, washable, sanitizable items that are, you know, that are sensory in nature. So some, you know, some stepping stones and, and different sort of things that have um, some, some sensory feel to them, but yeah. that are also, um, you know, very, very cleanable in between. Right. So. so speaking about um, the Peace of Mind Retreat and going to Hawaii, um, just so you know that the Peace of Mind Retreat is in Kailua Kona on the big island of Hawaii. Um, what kinds of things are there available beyond the beach to do for um, families with autism? That's a great question. I feel like the Big Island is a little bit of the the secret of Hawaii, although the secret is <laughs> I will is, totally is out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, because you can do all of the things that you would maybe want to do on one of the, um, one of the islands that are smaller, but have more people on them. You can go to a luau, you can golf, you can, uh, snorkel, you can do all of those things, but you also just have so much more space. So the big island is, uh, huge in terms of land and small in terms of population. And what that does is create a situation where there's very, there's relatively few crowds. So um, I know that that we had gone back and forth about when you lived on a walk, we got stuck in some some rush hour traffic. Like there's, there's, there's not, there, there is a little traffic, but right. it is nothing approaching anything that you might call a, a, a an urban rush hour. Right. And, um, and so just even the town of Kailua Kona is, is approachable and walkable. And, um, again, we're not, we're not at that point yet, but I think in the years that come, it's the kind of place where we could practice what we, you know, in terms of here's, here's $10, go and buy something, you know, with your iPad. It's the kind of, it's the kind of small town experience where you're not going to be holding people up with your, you know, with your maybe slower requests or different, different approaches or ways of, of asking. So. That's, that's so true. And, and like you said, there's just, um, I remember cause we took a trip to the big Island and there's just so much on that Island to do, you know, like, going to Vox yes. National Park or going to uh, Mauna Kea or going down to Punalu'u or the, uh, sorry, the Black Sand Beach or um, we didn't do it, but I know you can hike out to Green Sand Beach and it's just like, it can snow on Mauna Kea in July, <laughs> but then it'll be like 80 degrees down, you know, um, in Kona or whatever. It's just, um, I could talk about Hawaii all day because I just, <laughs> it's my favorite. Yes. Yes, as could I, as could I, we could definitely, definitely go on. But yes, so really, uh, I think what's nice is that uh, on the Big Island, you'll find everything that you would hope for in a, in a more traditional vacation in terms of you can access, you know, a luau and, you know, you know, fancy resorts and, and, and lovely fine dining and all of that. But you also have a sort of a, uh, a small town feel to it and also um, just a lot of space and outdoor um, activities. Yes, hiking, not only in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, but also uh, in other areas. So many 
so many things to do just on the big island alone. And then taking that opportunity to island hop from um, there. Cause it's, I think it's pretty inexpensive. And now that Southwest is also flying, it, it gives you a variety of options for sure to explore once you've started <laughs> on the big island. Yeah. Um, Yes, and I think also as as people I think have COVID on their minds, right. it it is a very outdoor focused place, mm -hmm. and so it's really quite manageable to get takeout, right? Eat, eat on a eat outdoors, right. and um, you know there's there's very there's not you know a lot of indoor even you know shopping right. or the restaurants are mostly outdoors. So there's, it's really a very outdoor focused uh, place. And you want to be out there too. Like the weather's always nice to be able to eat out outside or have most of your meals out there from what I experienced. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It's a, it's, you know, around 80 degrees plus or minus much of the year. So it's really, uh, it's really great. What is a particular challenge for families with autism when visiting Hawaii? Well, I think for us, the, the, the challenge is actually just sort of making it through the flight. And um, I, I think that, you know, you never know which version of your kids you're going to get when you get on that plane. But yeah. we do think a lot about that sensory bank in terms of not depleting it before we get on the plane and taking a lot of items with us to sort of ease the travel itself because once you get over that that relatively short period of time of the few hours on the flight then there's almost we have very little difficulty once we're there um i think depending on where you're coming from certainly there's you know the time time zones are can be a challenge but presuming you're traveling with your family you're all beyond that same time zone adjustment. So um, I think that that's, that that's sort of easier to overcome. But yes, I think everyone has their different strategies for traveling. Um, and so the just keeping the, that sensory bank idea in mind, I think is huge. Um, some kids, I think, gravitate towards screens more than others. My kid's not a super screen uh, focused person other than when there's minions on it. That is his that is his, those are his people, the minions. So if we can get some minions on a screen, we can usually get, maybe we're not going to get the full two hours, but we're going to get, you know, a chunk of time from that. Right. Um, and that makes sense. Um, so my next question is, is there one island that is more autism friendly than the other ones? And I, I can't confidently conf comment on this because my only experience has been with Maui, the Big Island, and Oahu. I am biased, so I'm going to say, of course, the Big Island because <laughs> yeah. that's that's where that's where we picked, uh, not only for our family, but to share with other families like ours. Um, I, I, I say that, again, totally biased. I, I can't really answer that question because oh, I've not, I've not given the other three major islands the same kind of shot. Right. Um, that totally makes sense. I, um, I can only say what I know from Oahu, um, which I, I, you know, there's a lot, I think that's the main island and that's, there's lots of services there in general. Um, as I was saying, I just feel like most of the islands, 
especially Oahu, seem to be uh, welcoming to autism, autistic families. But yeah, there's not really, it was just a question, but it's just not really one island, I guess, that you could say like, yes, this is the best island you should go visit. <laughs> but um, I think that in terms of quietness, right, like the big island is probably, or maybe even Lanai, like those two islands are probably the quietest. Yes, I think I think that that it depends on what you're looking for. Uh, If you have a kid, um, one of my friends has a kid that likes to, uh, you know, identify lots of cars and and such like that, that that's a big pastime. a little harder on the big island, right? right. So, um, you know, so it, it really depends on what on what you're looking for and what you're going for. But I think what you'll find on 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 any of the Hawaiian islands is just a a, a very welcoming and outdoor focused environment. And so, if if your if your child is outdoor focused, uh, it's really a good place to put on your list. I would totally agree. And then like, like we're saying already, especially with the water situation, like my oldest son, oh my gosh, he's just a big lover of the water. So it's like, (laughs) it's, it's almost more perfect for us than going to Disney. (laughs) Yes. The water is unbelievably transformative. And, um, though we live in California, we're not in a position to swim outdoors year round by any stretch of the imagination. And so we use, um, we use our bathtub as a poor substitute, uh, for much of the winter. So when, when we go to Hawaii in the winter and he can get in the water, it's just like the look that comes over his face again, when, when, someone's nonverbal, you learn to read their face and their body language so much. And it's just like, there, there's this tentative, is it going to be warm enough? Can I get in? And then you just see the look come over their face and it's really very rewarding. Yeah. Magical. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so my final question before we go into the quick fire questions is what are some considerations before planning a trip to Hawaii, especially for those with, um, a family member with autism? Um, I think really the, the, to think about where you're going to be is, is a huge part of it, um, in terms of which island and what kind of place to stay. The flight, as I mentioned before, can be challenging, but that's a short period of time. Really the time that you're there, you want to think about what type of environment is going to be a fit. If you're, child wants to be out and about and they want to see everything and count cars and do that then you want to be in a place where you can where you can do that and if you if you really need to be able to cook specific foods or you know maintain a gluten or dairy-free lifestyle things like that then you really want to think about having a kitchen so there's different I think it really depends on what the needs are for your family, right. what you're going to be looking for when you get there. That totally makes sense. Yep. That's, so that's part of the reason <laughs> maybe working with a travel agent is a good idea. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, for sure. Just to sort of wrap your mind around that as well. And, right. you know, I think also location within with like on the island with regards to the town is also sort of key. One of the things yeah. that we wasn't really important to us when we when we 
selected the peace of mind retreat is we wanted it to be, you know, close to Target and Costco and places where you could go and get things that you needed. Um, because there are some places on the big Island, especially that have gorgeous views and lovely properties. And you're like kind of far away from some of those things. And so we really, that was, that was a part of it. Um, so yes, I think sort of access, to what you what you may or may not need. Um, our last day, we actually had an emergency need for some carpet cleaner, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that that was that was an adventure. And the night before we we left, of course. Um, so yes, yeah. The, the peace of mind retreat has no carpet, so oh, that oh, was also a thank goodness <laughs> a, hu- a huge factor. Right. Because oh, you sorry, you were just making me think of. Um, because like you're saying the big island there are there are some really remote places out there and I I remember when we were stationed there that people would say the big island is really big and it's not like you can't just drive in your car and end up somewhere in 30 minutes you know um because we were driving from Kona to um Punalu'u the Black Sands beach and there is like nothing (laughs) in between there and Kona it was just there was a Malama's which is a, a grocery store but there wasn't really um yeah there was just beautiful views but nothing nothing in between those two places and that was almost a two-hour drive as I'm sure yes yeah yes I'm, there there is very little I will say that there is the Punalu bakery right at the at the southern tip of the island that I cannot recommend enough but um there is there there is not a lot um in terms of services mm-hmm. from one one island one side of the island to the other so yeah. that is I think something people should be aware of but if you are on the Kona side um there's really quite a, a lot that is accessible that's very true there's a time to do on Kona and Hilo um both sides really as long yes as we, there. <laughs> we didn't even talk about Hilo but Hilo is great and now the road um it's called the saddle road that goes across the island uh oh. is fairly recently paved probably since you were the last there so um the island that is now much more connected across the middle mm-hmm. and the drive to Hilo is um not something you used to have to sign a release on your rental car that mm-hmm. you would not drive that road because it was so terrible um <laughs> Right. And now, um, now it's well paved and you can drive to Hilo from Kona and in, it depends on maybe under two hours, basically. Um, it's a really smooth ride. So, um, there's a lot, Hilo has great restaurants and its own set of, of great beaches and is, and is close to Hawaii volcanoes as well. Yeah. So there's a lot to do over there as well. Absolutely. And it's, uh, you know, um, unlike, well, Unlike Oahu, it does have a small regional airport, but I know that uh, a lot of commercial flight into both Hilo and Kona. So you have that option of flying onto either side of the island when you come into the big island. Yes, depending on where you're coming from, there are definitely some West Coast cities that will fly into Hilo uh, nonstop. Um, Which makes it (laughs) really awesome. Um, So that is the end of my questions and we're going to drive, um, drive, because we're just talking about driving. We're going to dive right into the quick fire questions. And these are all pretty biased, um, in your opinion. So the first one is what is your favorite Island? And I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to say the big Island, but <laughs> you got it. Yeah. The big Island for sure. 
Um, and of, of course it's because of be it's beauty and all that fun stuff. I think that's an island everybody should visit, um, regardless of how many times you've been to Hawaii. Yes. Yes. And of course, we'd love to have you stay at the Peace of Mind Retreat, but if it's booked, then just come see it. Come see it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'll call you, Laura. <laughs> um, so what is your favorite Hawaiian food? That is like asking, what is your favorite child? I, there's so many. Right. I think I, I think I'm just going to say poke because it's, it's definitely probably the first thing I go for when we get off the plane. Um, but there's so many, there's so many. Yeah. I'm, I love poke too, but, uh, if we're talking about desserts and I'm always down for a Dole Whip, <laughs> always. Well, and then we haven't even talked about the malasadas, the, the, right. the Portuguese style donuts. I mean, there's so many, there's, the list goes on. there's so there's so many good things. There is, there is, uh, it's just making me think about all that food there. Like oh my gosh, <laughs> or like the Korean um, short ribs at the, the Galbi that they have there, and yes, a little shave ice. Yes, there's yes, so much, so much goodness, and tons of food that my son will, um, you know, because he's a little bit of a picky eater. Um, but he, there's lots of foods there that he'll actually eat that he won't eat on the mainland. So I'm always like, all right, we're gonna <laughs> eat all of this Gohan, and it's gonna be just fine. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So what is your favorite Hawaiian beach? This is also a tough one. I would have to say um, that our go-to was actually, again, a little bit of a hidden gem. It is, um, it's actually the beach that's at the small boat harbor just north of town in Kona. So you park at the harbor and you have a short little walk and then you come out on um, a, a smallish beach, but usually there are some turtles that are up, you know, sunning themselves and sea turtles. And it's just a good approachable beach for the family, um, relatively close in drive. And um, because you park and do that little walk, it's not, I think it's not on so many people's radars. And so um, it's just a nice, it's just a really nice spot. That sounds really awesome. And there's so many hidden gems, I feel, in Hawaii in general, no matter which island that you go to, that there, you know, if you just explore a little, there's tons of beautiful beaches that are definitely off the beaten path. Um, and I feel like the more you visit, the more you discover, <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. But there, yes, I mean, there are, there are some great beaches that are, you know, world-renowned snorkel spots and there are some wonderful places um but that's I think that's just probably one of our one of our go-tos that sounds amazing I'm gonna have to find that the next time we go back to the big island for sure ah sounds awesome so I definitely would love to visit someday and we have come to the end of our podcast episode. So I would love if you could share where my listeners could find you. Um, and if you have anything, uh, promotions or anything going on at the Peace of Mind Retreat right now. Great. Well, yeah. So the website is thepeaceofmindretreat.com. And that's peace like puzzle piece, P-I-E-C-E. So basically everything is there, links to the, the home itself, lots of blog articles, um, lots of good stuff. We are at on Facebook at The Peace of Mind Retreat. We're on Instagram at The Peace of Mind Retreat. 
you can email me at laura at thepeaceofmindretreat.com. And I would love to hear from you. I would love to, to answer any questions you have and um, just chat about Hawaii as we've talked about we could we could talk all day about Hawaii and um it's it's really um it's really a very um exciting and um and interesting time to be in the travel industry and so we are we are new to the travel industry as as providers right now and um very excited to uh to welcome people back when um, when people are ready to travel. So we do have an autism vacation planner and you can get that at uh, thepeaceofmindretreat.com slash plan. So that would be another thing to take a look at um, if you want to um, get some tips for planning your next vacation. Yeah, and I definitely, I downloaded that guide and there's, there's a lot of information in there that I, uh, I found really valuable for, you know, future travel for my family um, when all this COVID stuff is lifted. So one of the things that has been really exciting for us is that I was asked last fall to present at the Travel Ability Conference, which was the first ever travel and um, disability ability conference I have to ever up. wow okay <laughs> so yeah so that was that was really a fantastic opportunity and um through that process I met uh, the founder the co-founder of autism double checked so um autism double checked is a an entity that certifies all types of um, businesses in the travel industry, airlines, hotels, restaurants. And um, we are actually becoming the first ever autism certified vacation home. So that is um, something that I have been working with autism double checked on. And um, it's, it's, we're very, very close to that being a, a final process and sort of being the, the first, um, the first of that kind of certification and something that we hope that other um, individuals with vacation homes, whether or not they have autistic individuals in their family, might right. consider seeking that certification for, for their home. Right. And um, so that's something that we've been working on. Well, that is really amazing, Laura. Oh, I love that. And like we we're just saying there, um, there's just, such a shift in the travel industry. And I'm really appreciative of that as a travel agent and as a, a mom that um, the, the travel industry is listening, <laughs> you know? Yes. Yes. It's listening. It's evolving. And um, we are just doing our, our very best to get as many tools and resources out to people through the blog right. and through our email list as we can. So um, that's really a big, a big focus for us is just that familiarity and, um, and the ability to make things seem more possible for families because that tra the, the travel as part of quality of life is something that I think a lot of people just throw in the towel on. They just give up entirely. And, um, I think we're just always looking for ways to help bring that back so that it can seem doable and manageable and seem worth it. Right. And especially if, you know, um, this expands beyond um, your location in Kailua Kona that um, 
something like this can make it more possible for um, families with special needs, period, to, you know, visualize and realize that traveling doesn't have to stop just because you have a special needs diagnosis, you know, like it didn't stop for us. We, we just, <laughs> we plan around my son and we take all of his needs into consideration and then we just hit the road. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And I, that is definitely our, our long-term goal is to have, uh, locations in other areas right. so that we can we can support more families in more areas because obviously one home is only um, going to serve one family at a time and <laughs> right. so um, and, and it's great for that one family that's there at that moment but we do want to have more more opportunities Absolutely. and I think also there's a lot of you know obviously people have a lot of concerns about COVID right now right. but I think the sort of self-contained nature of vacation homes makes them in and of themselves a kind of a, a more manageable uh, travel setup right. because you have just, again, what I was saying earlier about the control, um, you have the control over that environment. And that sounds, I mean, I, as for me personally, if I was traveling right now too, that would make me feel a lot more comfortable as a parent um, to be in an environment that's still feels like home, but is more self-contained and I'm not necessarily like walking out of my hotel room and bumping into another guest. I'm just walking out of my house and, you know, I can or the rental home and then I can go where I go and come back and feel, um, but I'm still at home. So that's, I don't know about how other families would feel about that, but that's how I would definitely. <laughs> yes. And it's actually interesting in that there's a lot of research that the tourists, no matter where they are, don't actually interact a lot with each other. So right. if, if they're interacting with, um, with people who are providing those services in outdoor, well-ventilated areas um, that, and, and coming back to a self-contained place, that there's really a lot to be said for, for that being a much more manageable experience. Yes, I totally agree. Um, so Laura, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. And if you like what you heard today, please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and I'm on all the major podcasting networks. As always, thank you so much, and I will see you real soon. Thanks for listening to the Special Needs Travel Podcast, a Lily and Magnolia Travel production. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe and leave a review. Travel is for everyone, no matter their ability. If you have any questions or you want to continue the conversation, I'm available on email at dina at liliannagnoliatravel.com or you can reach my sponsor, www.travmarketmedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And as always, I will see you real soon.